Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every single Bare Naked Lady song from 7 to Y. And uh, tonight we are discussing something that I am horrible at, um, which is, well, we're going to be starting off with the discussion about Uncle Elwin, but I think it is a great uh, process to then bring us to discussing more about ad-libs in general and what BNL is known for. It is it is why people love to go one of the many reasons why B- why people love to go to see BNL live, um, even today. Absolutely, <clears throat> that's my ad libbing. <laughs> and uh, I I have uh, Heidi with me tonight. Um, that's that's the finished list. <clears throat> that's all of it. I, it's not unfinished at all. They put <laughs> everything is unfinished. Um. I was once in one of their ad libs. I'm just saying. Ooh. I have the bootleg recording somewhere of that show, but I think it might even be on a cassette. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You're, uh, we... um, I'm not sure. It, I might have burned it onto a CD, actually. But yeah, I think it was the it was either the one of the Manchester shows or the Hartford Christmas show. Oh. And nice. yeah, like I remember that. Because I had a cool sign, and Ed pointed out the sign. Um, but <clears throat> I remember key ones in Manchester uh, where they talked about the Red Arrow Diner and eating beans there, and it was so. And the Red Arrow is close to where I went to high school, and it's known very well known because of Adam Sandler. He's used it in his movie, and he's he frequented it because we both went to the same high school. So. <laughs> Now that's not ode to beans. That's a different. That's a different one. No, that's a different one. <laughs> that but one they is. They talked a purely... about having franks and beans at uh, <clears throat> at the Red Arrow Diner. Yeah, I I just this is my favorite thing about BNL. I think is this is when we got to see Ed and Steve when Steve was part of the band, really playing off each other, being silly and being just improv yeah. and they are just so quick with their wit. And it's so hard to find those things now because again, that was before they were recording all the shows and that was way back, way back where it was still like, they were very, very, um, um, the rap part was always the best part of the show. Oh, because yeah. there was so much energy, and I still do the near and far thing that Tyler did forever. I so looked forward to that one rap. I can't remember the tour, but it was like they did similar, like the dance at the end. Like it was just cool. Yeah, I think, I mean, they did a, 
they've been doing that for a number of years, but they did that a lot during the uh, Maroon Tour, mm. if I remember correctly, because they did the shopping with the carts and stuff, and then they kind of broke out into the rap and and everything to everyone, of course, is where we have all of the recordings from most of those cities we have. They, they would do two ad libs a show. And so we have a plethora of, of those ones available online. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll go over some of my favorites. And, and if you have some favorites, we'll, we'll try to share some of those as well if I can find them. Um, but we should probably start with the the one that is only the only ever officially recorded one right um that came out on a record wow i just aged myself holy cow um that came out on a cd (laughs) (laughs) it was a hidden track on rock spectac called uncle elwin um but it's not called uncle elwin but everyone knows it as uncle elwin um if you have never heard this before, I am going to put it in right here. Merci beaucoup, hello. How's it going, everybody? Thank you for coming. I'm sure they explained everything that's going on here tonight. My dad's a bit of a nut and he, he's into his home movie taping, so. This is, you know, it started with just a little palm quarter and then he got the cranes and, you know, so those are my brothers working the cranes. It's like, it's a family affair tonight. You and sh- the craziest... You think, you think this is crazy? You should have seen it when his wife gave birth. <laughs> the craziest thing is, though, you know... and everything over the top. My dad goes to so much trouble to tape the whole show and he's only going to show it to my uncle and he doesn't even like the band. And, oh, no! Watch Elwin. You got to see this part, Elwin. This was great. This is a little song about my Uncle Elwin. It's Uncle Elwin. It's Uncle Elwin. My Uncle Elwin is tall. My Elwin is small. My Elwin plays a mean basketball. He's about 45, maybe 55, 60. I'm not sure. Once he mixed me a drink. I was about five years old. It was Kool-Aid and pop. I thought that was cold. Cold meaning good. Cold's supposed to be bad, but I think that I ought to change some things and change their meanings. I've been here. I've been demeaning once, twice, maybe three times. I asked my Uncle Elwin. He's a mine. He said, it's Uncle Elwin. It's Uncle Elwin. so listening to all those different versions um one of the things i can say about that is that is one of the few versions where they get really funky it might be but i also way back in the napster days I have this CD <laughs> of Bare Naked Ladies' Greatest Raps, and I called it Bare Naked Ladies, mostly Bare Naked Ladies' Greatest Raps and Covers. And on this one, they do the Ballad of Ed's Shirt, <laughs> the rap, I have the Rap Medley, I have a Christmas Rap, I have the Roller Coaster Rap, Something About Yo Cousin Vinny, a Scalper Rap, 
the we're bare naked ladies rap hard knock life rap bare naked rap the ode to beans um evil empire (laughs) so i've got wow yeah i would love it if you sent if you sent me some of those sometime i I, if i can figure out a way i mean i don't have well i mean if you upload them to uh oh well i mean if you if you download them into itunes or well i don't have a cd player that is on my computer my laptop doesn't have a cd drive anymore wow isn't that crazy that is crazy yeah oh man there was so much cool stuff like that on napster and limewire back in the day and i remember like downloading stuff for hours and finding these rare like bootleg live things and it was just so cool that is cool i mean i like i said this honestly truly is my favorite part of bnl like i i still have the ones from when i went to their holiday show um and was able to download the the ad libs from that show and like they make it about the place where they are and it's something about the story of that day most often so it really feels personalized it really does um and yeah there are some like i'm seeing on youtube right now there's like a a, a small list but you know the bare naked rap from boston 22 mm-hmm. um ed's rap oh one from farm Aid in 2000 wow Wow, one from 2015. Okay, 2015. But it's hard to find like the, these were like the mid 90s, late 90s. So one of the things I found that you can put in really easy and and will show up is if you type in AdLib and BNL, a good size list comes up. Um, I put a bunch of them into our chat on Messenger um, so that people can see them. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. I also put a bunch of them that weren't on that because you can also find them on the bnlarchive.com. You can find a whole bunch on there as well. Um, those ones, of course, aren't on YouTube, so I uploaded them into our Google Drive. Um, but for people that are going to be listening, I can't upload those for you guys to listen to. But what I can do is recommend that you go to bnlarchive.com, get yourself a password. And then just type in AdLib into any of the in the any BNL of the search. archive. Yeah. Oh, BNL Archive is amazing. I love going there. And so I I want to play for you and for the listeners. Um, because once again, these weren't weren't recorded officially, so we're not going to get sued for putting these on. Um. So I'm going to play the whole thing, um, but I want to share with you my favorites. I have a couple of different favorites I'm listening to this week. Um, the first, my my major favorite, this is, I think, my favorite of all time. I absolutely wish they had actually turned this into an actual song. This is how much what I, I don't remember. And possibly we had a different dressing room last time. I'm not sure, but our dressing room has the coolest thing that no other dressing room that I've ever seen has. It has like kind of um, well, what you would call an illegal interrogation room, perhaps. It's a shower, uh, it's a multiple shower room. Uh, 
I'm going to stop right there. You can already hear that, like, Tyler didn't know where they were going with it, but Tyler and Jim must have given each other a look because all of a sudden in the background, you can hear them taking this really like ominous Maybe where athletes once showered, it but up. it's clearly used now for uh, filming episodes of 24 and stuff like that. Like, it's this dank, creepy shower room with one of those, uh, you know those uh, single athletic massage hot tub things? It has one of those, but it clearly looks like like that's the electrocution thing. Yeah, it's like the you know the little the little metal tub. Yeah, little, little galvanized tub, tub with some machine in it. Yeah, the walls are all very icky looking, and there's a table there. Uh, I don't know why else there'd be a table in a shower like a table about this high, clearly for putting instruments of torture on. So we were thinking it'd be cool. I don't know who's playing here in the next couple of days, but it'd be cool to just get like a metal chair and put it in the center of that room with like some leg shackles around the bottom of it and suspend some cuffs over top of the little single tub and uh, just leave it like that. Didn't you notice the guy, this, you know, there's always a guy warning you, like an old crazy guy. Oh, don't go in that shower room. I wouldn't go in there. Yeah. Because like Sir Lawrence <laughs> Olivier in Marathon Man, we will be torturing all of you inside the can where we showered this morning. We will shower tonight, but none of you will leave the building feeling all right. Well, they used to call this joint the ovens arena but they changed the name because it was too close to the meaning of the truth so they made it the cricket to sound cute but i don't buy that not for one minute i will take syringes and put them between your toes i take razor blades and slice off your nose my guns and my knives will not keep me awake because showering in there was my first mistake is it secret is it safe is it secret is it safe no is it secret yep is it safe no is it secret yep is it safe no I must know the secret and I must know it now I will find information get it somehow I will strap you down in the chair for the night and someone else is talking so I'm feeling all right I will just keep going and see what happens I noticed all this stuff when I went into crapping this morning and I saw the shower stall I thought oh my goodness is that all that it is to roll to get my body clean? It looks like someone in there was mean for interrogation, for interrogating a witness. That's Steve Page. You know he is the fitness guru of the band. Yes, he is the man. And if you want the truth, then come a simple plan. Just chain him in a chair in a shower stall and say, You will tell me now, and you will tell me all. Is it secret? Yes. Is it safe? No. Is it secret? Yep. Is it safe? No way. Is it secret? Yep. Is it safe? No. Is it secret? No. Is it safe? No. Is it secret? No. Is it safe? No. Is it secret? Is it safe? Is it secret? Is it safe? Is it secret? Is it safe?
But like I said, like they were really getting into that and like all of the different people, all the different members were adding their bits and pieces in and yelling and screaming. And like, I love it when they do that and they get so fully into one of their bits that they're like, they're just so happy. Yeah. That's what, and that's what I love about it. it, Their raps are really them because they're on, they're just on the fly. Obviously (laughs) you never know what somebody's going to (laughs) say. Oh, so I just tried to put in a disc into uh, my CD player down here, which is my record player CD player. Uh And it, won't accept you know how remember how some burn discs it wouldn't accept mm-hmm. so now i've gotten to get my daughter's old boom box which still <laughs> has a cd in it that says to katie 11 i used to make her a cd Aww. on her birthday every year so she probably and she's 25 so she probably <laughs> hasn't like listened to it or used this since she was 11. <laughs> Which is hilarious. This one works. The disc one works. That's good. But disc two doesn't. Oh. That was me screaming. Actually. Get a new Get a little work done. Yeah, I'm the one that uh, bootlegged this. The first disc, disc one, works great. Disc two, which has the wrap on it, does not. Oh, no. So I'm working. Maybe it just needs to be a little cleaned. Maybe. Maybe What we went through back in the day, right? But I have disc one of the Orpheum show that this was my recording. Shh. Back when... (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, yeah, I got it. I got it to work. Yay! They did Roadrunner. For you, Hello City, one week. Okay, this is the rap section. They did a Q&A. If you question, we will answer. We can't answer every question tonight, but we're going to try a little question and answer thing. We have a new record. We've been away for a while. Can you and, hear it okay? Uh, we're going to kind of randomly choose it. Just put your hand in the air like you don't care if you have a question. And one of our friendly assistants, either down here on the main floor, God, or up on the top floor, Satan. Here's a question. Okay, Satan, right in the front row of the balcony here, there's a lady with a hairband. That's hairband Sally. Hairband Sally! You better turn your hairband down. Hairband Sally! You better turn your hairband down. You better turn your hairband down. Hello. What's your What's your real name? Laura. Laura? Is it Laura or Laura? I say Laura, like law. 
How do you spell it then? See, that's Laura. You're wrong. <laughs> You know what? The way you pronounce it is wicked retarded. <laughs> okay, you have a question for the band. There's, uh, he does a hairband Laura, which is hairband Laura. Then he does something called a Captain Visor Pants, Favorite Words, Jim the Stripper, and then something about a shit question. But this whole show was crazy. The set list of this has was that the the peep shows tour where they like it was a really small group and i remember it being this was at the orpheum in boston um and they did testing one two three maybe katie uh celebrity too little too late next time unfinished aluminum something about gorshin which must have been another rap fight the power Yes, yes, yes. Take it outside. War on drugs. Upside down. Roadrunner for you. Hello, city. One week. Good. Uh, the the rap thing. Another postcard. Tyler takes a leak. Oh, that must have been an ad lib. It's all been done. Second best. Grapefire. Have you seen my love? Stomach versus heart. Shopping. Long way back home. Brian Wilson. An old apartment. They did all the, of that. Did Tyler taking a leak was one of their ad libs where Tyler ran off stage. Like they did it for every piece of that tour. That must have been Tyler takes a leak. Yeah. 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 Good times, man. I love that tour. <laughs> that was a great tour. And that was, this was Boston Orpheum, October 21st, 2003. Mm-hmm. So that was before it was everything to everyone, but it wasn't, the one where they were officially recording them. Yet. Right. And that was, um, I, th- I was still a member that it still existed. Their ladies room still existed. Mm-hmm. And re- I don't know if you remember, but maybe some of our listeners do. How many people listen to us anyway? A million. <laughs> um, <laughs> Every BNL fan. For everybody out there that was a member of the, the fan club, I still have like the po- they sent you the postcard and mm-hmm. a, a postcard and then they sent you like a whole like a, a disc uh like you got a, a, a like a, it was usually like a two song disc and then you'd get like a, a newsletter thing and there was mm-hmm. so much but the most important part was if you had a ladies room number I think mine was 57855 still I think I still have it I still have my cards and you would call the number and you would wait and to get in the queue and you were guaranteed seats in the first five rows and so every time i remember having to phone in and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and and you got your regular like what were they maybe i don't even know it was cheap (laughs) cheap tickets first five rows and that was like 25 bucks a ticket 40 bucks a ticket maybe um not even but that was I remember doing that for almost every show and one summer I had followed them around like I went to Mansfield twice I did Connecticut like I did all of the shows in that area um but I could get those tickets and you were in the first five rows every time so you never missed anything it was amazing That would I I wish that was still the way that things were run with concerts rather than this like it's improved over what it used to be and that it's randomized you don't have to get on at like three in the morning to get your best chance of getting a ticket right but 
I like that better. Like the, the, the real fans could thing get for the real fans because yeah. there was such a, a group of people that being part of the ladies room was special and you really like it was the official fan club it was it was smaller i mean it, it i mean it was it wasn't like taylor swift size fan clubs but right um it was small enough so you knew you could still score your seats and i mean you just knew to call in that number and then you'd wait and and you'd be on hold and you'd be like oh my god come on come on, come on. i remember doing it like during my prep period because it would start at, like 10 a.m or something and you'd have to get right on right away and then you were you again all of your seats were in the first five rows for fan club members and that was a huge deal because you know you go to some shows and you know a lot of people in the first few rows don't even know the band you're right. like you don't even know the band but like their corporate seats or you know uh radio station winners and things like that and it's like you don't know any of their songs right those, <laughs> so those seats should was, be there for was people some that love great the band. clout you had but that was also back in the days where you could hang out I always stayed after every single show and I waited out by the bus or mm -hmm. like and the <laughs> side and they always came out always yeah. and it was it was you felt like you were you were um not you you felt like you were a little bit special because you mm -hmm. knew you had an inside scoop you felt like oh this is a really unique band and we're a unique group of people and we love this band and that's just gone now it like yeah. i don't know if i don't know i think it just got too out of um when they got really really big things started to change a lot with that and then after they left network i mean a lot of things changed when they changed you know producers and stuff so yeah well i think that they got tired i mean you you do it for so many years and and you get tired Right, right. And I and I get it. I totally do. But definitely, I mean, the perks, perks are not the same um, as yeah. they used to be. Not at all. I mean, good Lord. I, I'm, you know, you think about like the Guilford show in a few weeks and what I threw down for that. But like, it's, it's, it, it also is, there is no, I don't, is there a real fan club anymore? There aren't. I, I can't find a real fan club online. No, anywhere. not one that's directly connected to the band like this one was. And this right. one was managed so well. I think the closest thing that there is to that, and it's not really, well, I mean, it's pretty well managed, is Stephen Page's Discord. Yeah, I would say that's the closest thing. Yeah. And even then, like, you don't have to pay for it and you're not going to get like the the special things that you get out of that are actually pretty cool like a q a with them like once a month and stuff like that but bnl doesn't have anything similar to that at this no point, which is no. really strange yeah i mean that was i was so bummed when i found it like it didn't exist anymore i was like that's just not fair <laughs> yeah i i miss it. you only paid i think it was like i think you did pay for the fan club members no maybe you didn't i don't remember I, I remember that you did but it was a really small amount I, yeah i it was, it was like really 15 small. bucks a year or yeah that's like that. what i and think then, it was like you get it back on the first ticket oh that my you gosh bought. it was amazing and every year when you get that little package in the mail mm -hmm. 
which I still have all of the the things, but I mean. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. But I will say, too, those days of having to call in and get your seats and you knew, you know, you still had to work for it. It's Mm kind of like I still remember hanging out um, and seeing my friend, my friend saying, oh, I got to get down to strawberries and stand in line. Mm -hmm. And they would be in line to get whatever Def Leppard or Metallica tickets. And at Strawberries, for those of you that don't know (laughs) in our listening audience, Strawberries was a music store and they sold tickets. I don't think it was Ticketmaster at the time. Mm -mm. I don't remember, but you would get there early because if you wanted good seats, that was the way you had to get your tickets. And that's. Which Strawberries did that. Not many places did that because most places you had to actually go to the venue yeah. that you were going to see them at and stand in line at that venue. Or hope there was a scalper. Right. <laughs> I just watched a documentary. It just came out. I I want to say it's on Hulu, but it I, I think it's Hulu or Netflix. And um, it's uh, it was all about the Taylor Swift scan, like the whole Taylor Swift ticket. Di- di- but it went way back to the early days of Ticketmaster and how they did things, and then how they re and how these guys can go in and like they had an interview with one guy who is one of those bots who mm-hmm. like he can make bank if he throws down ten grand then he recoups that a hundredfold mm-hmm. and and so he went in and knew and swiped up all those taylor swift tickets and quickly could turn them around and the he has all these algorithms that tell him you know you can charge ten thousand for these seats or you can charge twenty seven hundred for these and it's crazy it is the monopoly especially with with ticketmaster and live nation combining you can't get tickets to anything 
of, no, of, of like of um not a famousness if you will um, right like if, if they're a big act you're not going to have a good chance of getting it without tripling the price that it says online right. and they did that for a reason and it's what they it's a really interesting documentary for all of you that um that are out there that are interested i'm gonna find it for you but it, it, it prevents people from being able to go and and see bands like this that we want to see live and it i think the other thing that really makes it sad is that venues and and bands don't make the most money off from the tickets like the the major money at this point for the bands are made in the merchandise they don't make a lot of money for the actual tickets that for the show and it used to be that bands made no money off from an album. They made their money off from the tour. Right, right. And the thing is, is once they realized that how much money they can make um, with re ticket resales, and they were they they um, talked about uh, some other smaller companies that were that did some really unsavory um uh unsavory practice business practices mm -hmm. uh and they were very honest about how they made their money and it's like wow <sighs> everyone's well not everyone there's always those people that are just out to make a buck instead of out to help people out and it's, it's sad this it's on hulu um i can't remember what it called i'll let you look and while while you do that i'm gonna play another one of my favorite um ad libs that okay. I, I really love this ad lib um partially because i love when they go and they name the band this one is called the boy band ad lib um and steve is just going around and talking about each of the members of the band but he's also talking about what boy bands tend to um look like um when and how they themselves are kind of in, in a way um so here we go there's five guys in insane i love them all there's the short kind of stocky guy who plays drums and yes he's pretty bald and then the guy who plays bass He's tall and lanky and red What? What? He also sings low parts And he gives some excellent head I love that I know firsthand how It's not in the cards Maybe I did a little bit of experimentation back in college But man, I can't Get hard thinking about men. I'm sorry, I can't think about men. This is the internet thing that threw me off. Anyways, have you met Kel? He plays the keyboards. Some people think he's the cutest. Some think he deserves an award for his singing with Insect and all his. And everything he brings 
to the show. Fact that he has to look at Ed Robertson's ass every day and every night. You should know that he deserves an award just for that. Look at my ass. Look at my ass. <laughs> now, every boy band needs the token guy with crazy facial hair or something funky going on with his hair on top. We got a guy who looks like he's got some kind of head going up on the top of his head or something. I don't know what that's all about. You know what we're talking about? We're talking about AJ. We're talking about Chris. We're talking about Ed Robertson. We're talking about this. We're talking about Ringo. We're talking about John Paul Jones. We're talking about Andy Taylor, Nikki Six, and Randy Rose. Yeah, talk about the weird guys. That's amazing. That's the other thing that I like about their breakdown is so, most of the time it's a rap, but once in a while they will go like with funk or they'll go with doo wop or they'll just go in a completely different direction. And it's amazing. And that's, and that's, what's the magical part. Like you, th whenever somebody asks me, how can you possibly listen to the or go to see the same band over and over and over again i'm like you don't know like i've seen some of the greatest bands in the history of music like i've seen rush and pink floyd and aerosmith and mm -hmm. like the list goes on and on and yet i never have as much fun or come away with as much joy as I do at a BNL concert. And that's because mm -hmm. of those moments. Like even, I mean, I've seen Weird Al three times and he's been amazing every single time. And this mm -hmm. last tour was really interesting because it was so different. Oh yeah. And there was a little bit of talking there, but it still doesn't get to the same, you know, it's it's not the same no. as, as a BNL concert. It changes every time. You don't know. Anything could happen that could then spin them into something fun, which is this weird ad lib and the way that they play off from each other, because they're so talented in that way, allows them to do something magical and make every show unique and special. So when you're like with big fans and you're like, oh my gosh, like, uh, did you see this show? Oh, do you remember this part? It's not like because everybody's experience every night is different so you're mm -hmm. not even going to get the same show every night which is contrary to everything that i've done in my life when it comes to being a musician and being in musical theater is you want a great show you don't want any lines to be missed or anything to right. change any night because that's the magic of that kind of thing but with a live band you want to know you saw something very different than anybody else's experience except for the people that were there mm -hmm. and you're sharing something that is completely unique and that's what you get with bare naked ladies i agree and that's why we love you so you should come on the show <laughs> and just to kind of add on to that like the now i lost where i was gonna go crap 
You made such a great point. It blew all my thoughts out of my head. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so on, it's on Hulu, actually, oh. that documentary is. And it's like, it's an impact ABC 2020 nightline or whatever it is um, and about Taylor, the Taylor Swift debacle or something. Um, and that's, I think that's exactly what it's called, actually. Ticketmaster disaster, something like that. Okay. Um, so, and it's well worth your time to watch it, honestly, if you have Hulu, um, but there are clips of it on YouTube, but it's pretty impressive as, as how we've gone from those strawberries days to now. Mm. I mean, scalpers got nothing on the people that this is not like, I keep thinking of scalpers as guys that are standing by the side of a arena trying to sell you tickets. This is a whole other ball game that I was like, it can't be like that. No, no, it's it's one guy with a computer can totally go in and sell out a stadium. Like it's insane what they can do mm-hmm. um, with bots and computers that you never, I never knew it was like that. So it's very interesting because I mean, we all go on Live Nation or wherever now. And again, what a monopoly Ticketmaster and Live Nation have and that they actually do. I mean, they're like the biggest game in town and the deals they made with artists early on was, you know, basically if you don't go with us, you don't get any of these. And now Live Nation and Ticketmaster combined their, their promotional and the ticket selling, which Live Nation didn't have that. So Ticketmaster's like, well, we can do that. And you can, so now they're like, I can't even think of, except for again, going to the door, but even now you can't go to Mm-mm. the door. You go to a, a website for a, an arena or something. You can't get tickets through the website. It sends you to a third party. So you have to go to Live Nation or Ticketmaster yeah, pretty to. much. Right. I mean, and that also allows them to increase the prices quite significantly. Um, it's it's really hard to get any kind of concert tickets right. other than through Live Nation or Ticket Ticketmaster. And then, of course, you always have the crazies. Like, though, I mean, I I guess I just don't understand the the twenty year old ish set where they're screaming and crying and you know like losing their minds because they didn't get Taylor Swift tickets. And I'm like, I don't think I ever would be like freaking out mm-hmm. like that much over and again you look at some of the seats that they paid thousands of dollars for and they're way up in the nosebleeds mm-hmm. like way up and it's it's amazing that but but we all have to be there it's part of the experience and i'm like well i'm not <laughs> sure that i would put my college tuition amount that you're you're going to you know want somebody to give back to you when you just threw all of that down yeah, I I couldn't do it either. Like I I guess I'm too fiscally responsible that like would I be one of those people that used to stand in line for first first you know episode one Star Wars like staying overnight standing in line? Yeah, I I did that silly kind of stuff. But we're not talking about thousands of dollars. We're talking about a twenty dollar ticket that you just had to stand in line for hours and freeze right. yourself to death for. Right. And, you know, I think about, because I am doing, I 
I'm going to be 50 in January. And I was like, you know what? I'm going VIP. That's going to be my early gift to myself <laughs> for this show. Because those are things that I used to get to do all the time mm-hmm. when I saw them. And now it's costing me a little more than I expected. But it was nowhere near what some people were paying for nosebleed seats for Taylor Swift in an arena of right. 70,000 people. I mean, and I remembered on. what I was going to say. Like you were you were talking about the specialness of BNL and those those um these moments and the banter that they have on stage and the relationship that they have on stage and they were always able to put on that relationship even when they were having bad times backstage you never knew that up on up on the stage itself and i the last two shows that i went to um all i can say is watching the the opening acts for bare naked ladies and it wasn't just me numerous people said this that they were underwhelmed by the bands that that led up to it As a matter of fact will wheaton came on and he was like boy this band here and and he talked about toad the wet sprocket he talked about um i don't remember the other band now off the top of my head and that's how big that they oh uh gin blossoms and yeah they were underwhelming because there was no banter there was no no camaraderie on the stage uh told the woods brockett did the better of the two but gin yeah Blossoms but it was, was still just... it was not the it was not the same no all. and then bnl came on and, and will wheaton was like they put on a show <laughs> and i was like yes they did they they at the moment they went on stage they grabbed your attention. They made you part, feel like you were up on the stage with them and you were part of this big family and you were there for a great time of enjoying each other's company. Right. And you don't get that with every band. That's one of the things that makes this is this is an example of one of those many little tiny things that makes a BNL concert different. Oh my God, you are an evil, evil man. I'm yes. now in the rabbit hole of the archive. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. Uh, yeah, you make a June really good- 697, I was at that show in Portland, Maine. Um, I'm like, oh my God. You, you make are- a really good point. If you are not careful, if you go to the BNL archive, they have so much content and they are constantly adding more content insane it is you i so before i started this podcast and prep for this contest uh podcast i of course found out about this before it was called bnl archive it was called the something else i don't remember and i spent i am not underestimating a good 30 hours listening to different things that they had on the BNL wow. archive. Since then, in the last five years, they have, I would say, tripled the amount of content that is on that website. It is phenomenal. Holy smokes. I can't even believe. I'm Don't like... even go into the live the live section. You will get you will you will go down a really deep rabbit hole with the live. A huge rabbit hole. Yeah. Wow. Well, before you lose sleep tonight, <laughs> I'm not going to have us um, 
I'm not gonna have us rate this song. First of all, it's a hidden track. Second of all, it's not really a song. It's an ad lib, right. um, and every ad lib was different. So I don't think ranking it would make a lot of sense. Um, but I did want to bring up some important. I haven't done the history for a couple of weeks, so I wanted to bring the history back up because some really cool stuff and important stuff has happened since the last time I went over this stuff. What has happened? Well, on May 29th in 2004, BNL performed with the Toronto Symphony Orchestra for Ooh. a fundraiser for that orchestra. And Andy actually re- or rearranged it for the orchestra. Um, and they did that whole big live concert, which I am very sad that I missed that concert. That would have been phenomenal. And then, of course, this week, the big thing that I think that we I, it needs to be mentioned is the week that this comes out. Actually, the night that we're recording this is Stephen Page's birthday. Yay! Born on June 22nd, 1970. Also, a really important thing happens in a couple days from now on June 25th. 1998, Kevin Hearn had his bone marrow transplant, the first one. Right. With his brother, Sean. Um, BNL, who was on the road without him at that time, called him beforehand and sang Happy Transplant to You um, and informed him that that one week had hit number one. Um, then he had, unfortunately, be isolated for four weeks. Oh, right. And that's when he started writing some of his new songs, such as, ironically, Hidden Sun. And then, um, unfortunately, late June 1993, Doug Robertson was killed in a motorcycle accident. Oh, right. Um, Ed got the call at the Vancouver airport where they were scheduled to play. Uh, So that's a a very sad moment. Now back to the happy moment. The week that this comes out, I think these are some really cool things that are really coincidental that they all happen in a very short period of time. So July 2nd, 1995, Kevin Hearn joined BNL for their first show together at the Meadowbrook Music Theater in Rochester Hills, Michigan. On July 3rd, 1969, Kevin Hearn was born in Grimsby, Ontario. July 4th, 1971, so two years and a day later, Andy Cregan was born. Whoa. So, like, I'm I'm like, wait a minute. These two, one that replaced the other in the band, were born a day apart? Like, that is just really odd. Like, what are the chances? That's bananas. Um, so yeah, those are the important things that, oh, and then of course, um, July 6th, 1998, BNL invaded and shut down Boston. Oh my God. That was the amazing and that's right event, um, that Ed loves to talk about where (laughs) they were supposed to play this small 20,000 person show at, at city hall. And 80,000 people showed up, including people on rooftops and in windows of the surrounding buildings. And traffic was so backed up that the bus couldn't reach the venue and 
they were like, what is going on? Like, is there some like kind of big Red Sox game or something? Like, why can't we? And they found out that it was actually the traffic was shutting, shutting down for them was for them. <laughs> that was such a huge transitional moment for them too. Like that concert. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, crazy. To know that they were that big at that point. Oh, like huge. And I went to MixFest when that was a thing. Do you remember MixFest? Mm-hmm. So, and I remember going, and the reason most people went was to see them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sat through all kinds of bands just <laughs> waiting for them. Because they were always, they did the last band. Oh. oh, my God. I went to so many of these concerts. It's crazy. I'm I'm really sad that I didn't know BNL when they were starting first starting up. I didn't know them until just before they got big because I missed out on all the concerts that they did in Portland on on the rooftop at in, in the middle of Portland. Like what an amazing moment those were. Oh yeah. And I missed those. Um but say lovey. <laughs> But the good news is, is that BNL has has an album coming out at the end of the summer sometime. So their their discography is unfinished. It's unfinished. Or I should say it is unfinished. <laughs> so and are we rating? Glowin? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it, it it's a rating yeah, type me of song. Either. And I'll be honest, it is by far not my favorite of their ad-libs. Oh, no. It's fun. <laughs> I don't stop the CD when it comes on. No. If, if someone was like, hey, what, like, you say at, they do these ad-libs, can you give me an example? That would not be the one that I would pull out. I'd be like, let me go through my archive here and, and pull out a couple of really good ones. That wouldn't be one of them. No. Heidi, thank you so much for joining me on I'm sorry. I'm like, you guys, if you haven't gone to bnlarchive.com, go there. Like, I'm so sorry, Tracy. Mm-hmm. It's all your fault. It's all your <laughs> fault. It's all. I'm going, I was at that concert. I was at that concert. I was at that concert. Like, I'm going to be able to totally go back through all of these shows that I saw. I'm going to be able to find where they talked about me. I'm pretty sure that show was in here. If you find it, let me know where it is. Like, find, give me the file thing. Oh, I, I will download it. Will. And if I, will... I have to go through every, every concert <laughs> over that time, I swear to God. Well, have fun going through that. Oh my God, it's amazing. Amazing. I will, I will warn you, it is a job that will be left unfinished. But everything is unfit. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> That was fun Don't forget No regrets Except maybe